Andy back again. How are you this week? I am doing fantastic. I just got back from a Mexico missions trip building homes down in Tijuana, Mexico. And so it took me about a week to get back in uh, full force, but I am back, baby. Tijuana. I had some churros and I had some abadada, adobada. That's how you say it. And I had some tripe. Arabada. It's like a taco. Arabada. Oh, I thought you were doing Flintstones there. No, no, no. No, No, (laughs) Arabada. All my Hispanic listeners, you'll understand what I mean by Arabada or El Pastor. Okay, I got that one. Yeah, it's Arabada. Very nice. Yeah. So you had a good trip? Good trip. Built a home. I've probably now have built close to 30 or 40 homes down in Mexico. What have you done, gentlemen, with your life? (laughs) Does that make people feel guilty right away? Challenge. Hey, nah, man. I'm just blessed to be a part of. uh, it, 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 there's nothing like giving keys away to a home to a family. And the one late, the lady the, the, of the house said, the best part about this house is not that she gets to live in it, but that if something happens to her and her husband, her kids have a safe place forever. Mm, there's a legacy too. Yeah. So that's cool. So how are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. A little rain this week. That was fun. Uh, dude, this has been the wettest winter ever in Phoenix in my mind. I've been here for 20 some years now. I don't recall it being this cloudy, this gray, and this much water because I have more weeds than I've ever had in my life. But perfect cigar weather literally every day. And if you smoke weeds, no, 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 that's, this is not <laughs> whoa, good weather for that. Whoa. Not good weather for that. Um, anyways, became the Russell Brandt show there for a second. Dude, seriously. I like that guy though. All right. So to start us off today, I'm going to do it two parts. So what is your first childhood memory vacation? First child or favorite? Favorite. Yeah. All right. Y'all go favorite. Um, we used to go to this place called Cass Lake, Minnesota and go walleye and northern pike and perch fishing. We did it every summer. My grandfather was instrumental in helping build a one or two of the cabins up at this resort for a long time. It's no longer there. They sold the property. But we used to go there every summer and I always looked forward to it. I yeah. love fishing, so but I think that's where my, my, my passion for the outdoors came, but I just loved being up there. And for everybody that d- that lives in Arizona, when you go fishing back east... You catch stuff. You actually catch stuff. Like a lot a of stuff. A lot of stuff. And it might be little. Like, we well, used to I, catch bluegill. Time out, time out. Like, so, I'm an avid fisherman fun. here in Phoenix, and I still catch a lot. You just got to know where and how, and you got to know some landscapers at the golf courses. But I've hit triple digits in Michigan. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, you catch I, serious fish. If I catch, if I ever, I don't think I've ever hit double digits in Arizona. I've hit, I've hit double digits, but not often. Yeah. Not often. So that's what I meant. Yeah, it, yeah. It's just, it's a different, different world, different world, different world. Different world. How about All you? Right, so um, growing up, you know, we had this one vacation. My dad, he owned his own company um, and was always hustling. So um, we pack our bag, we get an RV and everything to go up north and we're going to, we're going to hang out in Pine Top. So we're really excited summer. Um, go fishing a little bit because we're Michigan folks. So we, we think he can fish places still. And uh, the RV breaks down. And so we rented it from a guy like, you know, how you rent all this stuff today. But back then you did it through a newspaper. And the guy jokes on his way out of our house to go pick it up that he's like, man, I wish you had just lit a match. Oh, no. The next day we drive by the boneyard of an RV. The guy lit a match. Seriously. Burnt, well, I mean, I don't know, but 
it was just a black shell sitting on the I-10. So um, we rent a different RV. We get up there. Yeah, we forgot our clothes. <laughs> so, Seriously. so all the boys' clothes is gone. So we go to Walmart and get underwear and everything. Um, and uh, my dad's doing a, a camera install at a bank. And, and so he's working. Um, and we just, we're, we're kind of a day late now. And so we literally work the whole vacation um, and camp in a, a bank parking lot. That sucks. Now, it wasn't the best one, but, you know, as a kid, my dad owning his own business, we didn't have a lot of let's just go away. Most of them were tied to stuff like this, and you just enjoyed it. I mm. mean, you got away. I I can even see my little shorts you used to wear. Remember the shorts that had, like, the white piping around? Oh, yeah, it? dude. I'd pimp Short those now shorts. if I had them. Yeah, Stockton still wore them into the 90s and 2000s. But, yeah, like, you just went away, and just getting away as a kid, you know, it was an adventure. All right, so now fast forward, you're an adult. What's your best vacation? Man, it depends. Like, if it depends on whether it's family, whether it's wife. How spoiled am I? Whether it's family, whether it's wife, or whether it's individual. Okay. This is the difference between being in a ministry where you get to take time off and being in corporate America where if I'm not there, it doesn't happen. Well, see, so it's, it's dependent because I love going away with my family. We always go to Mexico or California and get a beach house, blah, blah, blah. That's fun. Uh, taking a cruise with my wife. If my kids and wife hear this, they're going to have an expectation. Hey, but they, hey, step up to the plate, Chachi. All right. Um, or if I'm with my wife, we've gone to Israel. We've gone to, that was a great trip. We've gone on cruises. We've gone to Hawaii. Uh, just the two of us. Those are always good. And then by myself, I try to do a vacation once a year by myself. And I know that sounds really crazy to a lot of people. Um, but I'm a guy who likes to be by himself. And so when I'm out in the woods hunting or just going camping by myself, that's one of my highlights of the year because I come back different. Um, some of them, like when you go away with your kids, you come back not different. You come back, you're freaking exhausted most of the time. When you come back with your spouse, sometimes you'll come back and it's in life giving, but sometimes it's been a lot of work because you've had to talk through stuff, um, which I like those two. Um, but when you go away by yourself, you come back, the only person you got to talk with is yourself. And that's awesome. So yeah, they're like, how did it go? And you're like, great. Yep. <laughs> great. That pretty much summarizes it. Yeah. All so I would say my favorite vacation recently though, um, has had to be a cruise with my wife for our, I've been married for 25 years. Very romantic. We went on a 25 year anniversary cruise, just the two of us. And, um, we had no plans, no expectations, and we just had fun. Did you pop the question again? See if she'll do another 25. Well, she didn't have a choice because I'm married and it's, yeah, we're not, I didn't have to renew vows. Here's why I didn't have to renew vows. Gentlemen. It's because I've kept my vow. Oof. Yeah. So that's a whole nother story for another time, but I've kept my vows for 25 years. Oh, so you didn't upgrade <clears throat> the ring. I gave her another ring. Oh, second ring. I like it. I gave her, this is actually her third ring. Well, if they keep losing it, they get upgraded. Well, exactly, exactly. It's no. like your iPhone. How you about you? How about you? Favorite vacation? Favorite vacation? Favorite vacation with the without the family going to Alaska, going salmon fishing. I've done that. It's freaking awesome, dude. Dude, it's so the salmon cool. are like the women of San Juan Capistrano. <laughs> what is that from Dumb and Dumber? Remember that? <laughs> Where the women flow like the salmon of San Juan Capistrano. No, that that was like that. so awesome. Um, 
favorite family one, um, the week before Christmas, kids were still in school. We checked them out early, and we went that week before Christmas to Disney World. That's pretty cool doing that. We did that too, our kids. We yeah. surprised them. It was incredible. No they, one was there. They opened up this box. Like, I gave it to them. They opened up this box, and a Mickey and Minnie balloon popped out. Oh, that's cool. And then I built an entire itinerary of wow. the restaurants and everything we were going to do. Um, and they were just the perfect age, like 10 and 12. Yeah. Just, I won't go there anymore, I was bro. a star back then. I won't go until I have grandkids. But I look I'm, forward to that. Well, I, yeah, but no, I don't look forward to it. It's expensive. It's crowded. It's hot. And uh, truthfully, people walking around in grown-up costumes kind of freak me out a little bit. I'm just going to be honest with you. This guy. Anyways. All right, we're done with vacation talk. One of The topic for this week that I wanted to discuss, are you ready for this, A, Andy? Let's do it. What are we talking about today? All is not lost. All is not lost. That's an encouraging word for you. It is an encouraging. Help me understand what that means. First Samuel 30, I was reading through it, and we get this incredible story about David. And so David is out fighting the wars, and it's kind of like, if, have you watched the Viking series? No. You've never, have you read any of the Bernard no. Cornwell books? No. No, I, apparently I've got a lot I need to catch up on. Heathen. Anyway, but this concept that you only eat what you kill, right? And I like that thought. And so you have to go out and go raid, pillage to get stuff. And Man, so, what if it was like that today? How freaking awesome would that be? I'd go after things with talons and stuff like that. <laughs> so David's been out and he comes back to Ziklag. That's where he's, that's where he's hanging out. He got a city. Um, Ziklag and everything is burnt to the ground. Is that where we get zigzag lighters? No. Zip. 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 <laughs> Never mind. That Go was, ahead. That I regress. Bad. That was bad. I regress. So, but he gets there and everything has been lost. The, the livestock are gone. The, the, his wives, he had two wives, cautionary tale there, both of them gone, his children gone. And so you go through this chapter and, and there's just such a brokenness. And so you have these men of war that cannot be defeated, right? They've had a good rage of life, mighty men of David, right? Mighty men of valor. And so they've had a great run and they cannot be defeated by the enemy. But then they come home and everything they've worked for has been taken. Hmm. And their identity has been stolen. And those good memories, right? Those family trips, all those things where they taught their kid how to ride his first yak or whatever they were doing back then. Like it's gone. And it said they just settled to the ground and wept. Hmm. Ouch. And so I was just, I was reading this and I'm like, man, isn't that the place we are sometimes as men where we hit this rock bottom and the things that we've put our trust in, right? All of a sudden evaporate, right? And it it can be with your wife where you don't see eye to eye. It can be where your children, right? You've, you've raised them up in the way they should follow and they ain't following. Can you testify? Oh, I can testify to that. Yeah. Everything in our home breaks. I call it the $600 trip, right? Everything costs $600 to fix. You know what's it funny? doesn't matter what it is. It is. And you know what's funny about that? Every time I get ready to go on vacation, speaking of, every time I get ready to go on vacation, something always freaking breaks in my house. 
right before. I had a water leak one year. Literally, I was going to Hawaii for four weeks. I was on a sabbatical, so that's why I can afford to go there for four weeks. Somebody gave me a house. Let me use their house. Um, but I had a massive water leak that cost $7,000 of damage in my house. The, the day before I was supposed to leave, so I had to let somebody else fix my house, occupy my house. So that last the day before we were going to Mexico, my air conditioning in my, my, my car went out. Like every last time I was getting, last summer I was getting ready to go on vacation. Uh, my pool pump went out the day before. It always seems to be like that. So I get it. I get it. Yeah. And so I think you find men where they come home one day and they go, it's all lost. Everything has been lost. And I can't remember even what it felt like to win. And in this story of David, David's been kicking butt for a year, riding with the Philistines, raping and pillaging. And in chapter 29, the chapter that precedes this, the, the other generals of the, of the groups get mad that David's there. And they're like, look, David could attack us from the back. He could get back in with Saul if he just betrays us. And so they send him home. And so he's jobless. He has no idea where his next income. He's missing out on a big battle where he's going to get it all. He's going to he's gonna be able to break even for this year, maybe get a little bit ahead, maybe put a little weight aside, right? It's kind of like what you're talking about, the vacation. There's going to be a reprieve. He's going to go from striving to thriving. We talked about that last week. And instead of that, he comes home to just utter des- desolation. You're the... I think we all can relate to that feeling because sometimes when I come home from a great experience and I walk in my door and it's quiet again, I'm like, oh, I wish I was there. I still wish I was back where I, where I, where I had the elation of feelings, where I had the elevation of my senses, my heightened, my, my expertise, whatever it may be. Um, I mean, it happened to me this last week. I went mission trip. I come back and it's quiet in my home and I'm sitting on the couch again. And I'm like, man, what did I just experience? I experienced the highest of highs. And now I'm experiencing the lowest of lows. And I think that as guys in our life, sometimes we have those experiences, but more so we have those experiences where everything that we have, like I think what you said in the title, everything sometimes is lost. And we have been in places. I've personally been in a spot in my life where everything was taken away from me in one day, one day, my job, my church, my family, I had things said about me as an individual that were not true. Um, My identity, my money, every single thing was taken away from me in literally a two-hour conversation. And I understand that feeling. Someday I'll get into that story. Um, But I understand that feeling of sitting there saying, I've got nothing left. Yeah. And, And your identity and your future is it's just gone Dude, I, 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 I went from being a guy on a stage on a platform having a position of power i don't want to say power a position of priority of purpose that's a better word a position of purpose i was a pastor i was on uh i had a, a, a very fruitful ministry youth ministry specifically college ministry and literally two weeks later i'm painting lines on the curb in phoenix arizona where not one single person knows who i am and I'm gone from being able to provide for my family to um, making, I, I'll never forget, I was making $8 an hour. And I thought to myself, here's a guy with t- college degrees who if three weeks ago I was on a place of purpose and now I'm in a place of 
complete pain and, and desolation. And so I understand that feeling. And maybe some of you guys understand what that's like. You've had it and you lost it. And some of the lessons that we learn through that are very, very important. And, and some of the things I've learned through my losing it all has been very, very important and instrumental in my life. Um, and someday I'll talk about that story more in depth or if whatever we, we kind of get to it today a little bit. But how about you? Have you ever been in that position? Yeah, I, th- I think of the things where God has called me to something and, and I thought I understood the plan to go. Right. When I stepped down from full-time ministry, I thought here was the plan. And I had like these five things we were going to do this year. And then I come home and Annie goes, yeah, not with me because I've been part of the journey, but I don't want to be, I don't want to be an assistant to your journey of life. We're, we're supposed to be doing this together and I don't feel like we've been doing it together. So you can go and continue your journey or you need to reset because we've got some things to deal with. And oh, it just, it took everything because I made a decision based on what God had next for me. Mm-hmm. I'm a human doing, not a human being, right? I'm yeah. not good at just being. I need to go and do something. And and my wife sits there and goes, not with me. And, and I would have never taken that step, right? It just, it, I hit a wall and I'm not saying it wasn't my fault or I'm not even going to say it was my fault. You know, sometimes we have seasons where you just do. Yeah. And when you're in the middle of doing, you give everything you can. And, and I didn't have any more to give. I had given everything. And in your 30s, you're not great at saying no, right? You have a scorecard of things you want to accomplish. And I want to accomplish them in my personal. I want to accomplish them in the, in the ministry. I want to accomplish them in the office. And it just didn't leave a lot of time. But it also left a wake of destruction, too. Yeah, no, we went to counseling, <laughs> So we go to counseling and this guy, super nice guy, we get done and he's heard Annie's side of the story. I'm just like, yeah, that's about it. Half of it I was proud of, right? Because it (laughs) it was all these things I had accomplished. And he looks at me and he goes, you're a bit of a rhino, aren't you? (laughs) I'm like, rhino? Like when we say rhino, that means like the old guy. He's like, no, rhinos. In Africa, they will just charge through the camp Mm. and they have awful vision. So they take whatever they charge with them, Mm. right? So if they go through your tent, they take the tent. They go through your, your, your Jeep, they take half the Jeep with them. Like they get from point A to point B, but they have no idea the destruction that that's in their path. And I think David had a bit of this. And so we find David in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, and it says, David was greatly distressed because the men whose families have been taken, their, their, everything they own has been stolen, right? Their, their city has been burnt to the ground, right? These guys have a reason. And it says the men began talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of the loss of their sons and daughters. And it says, but David found strength in the Lord, his God. And, um, we had to endure. You looked up a bunch of words and definitions, uh, last episode. So I thought keeping, keeping in track with that, I would, 
I would pull out my Hebrew or as wow. I call it, blueletterbible.org um, and look up these. And what I found first word, distressed, distressed. David was greatly distressed. And what that means in the Hebrew, Hebrew paints pictures. It's such a beautiful language. And what it means is to be tied up in knots that overwhelm you. Hmm. And so I just, all these accomplishments, right? David's killed a giant. He's, he's had this career path that was successful. He's leading 600 men now. He's going to be king someday, right? He's got a vision. He's got two wives. Like he's got kids, all of this fortune, everything is in. And in this moment, he comes home and it's all gone in a moment. And he's left just tied up in knots. And, and I did want to go back to your testimony a little bit because I think you had a moment where you were tied up in knots and it, it seemed overwhelming and it seemed like the end. Yeah, I, I, uh, so I, I'll just real quick, uh, two-second version. Um, I was a pastor and something transpired at the church where I had a, a volunteer leader um, abuse a junior uh, a minor, um, not at the church, but wasn't your fault. You didn't do it. I didn't do it. It was like two o'clock in the morning on some one, one or two o'clock in the morning on some non-church night. Right. Um, nothing I really had anything to do with, but however, I got caught up in the, the wake of the ramifications and the heads have to roll heads have to roll consequences, but about it. So I, I got, I got, blindsided. I think we had a, I think we had a, an episode <laughs> look back way, way back when we had an episode called blindsided. Cinder Bullock was not in it. Yeah. By the way. No. Um, but I got blindsided by a conversation sitting, um, in my office. That was like a 20 minute conversation saying you're fired. Literally had 200, 150, 200 high school students on a bus the next morning going to a, a youth camp for our summer camp. Um, never a conversation preceding it. That was it. Got home, I tell my wife, and she's like, I don't believe it. You did something wrong. So I had to have pastors and an elder come over to my house and explain to my wife that I did nothing wrong, like infidelity or anything like that, because that's immediately what you jump to. But my kids were going to school at the the church. Yeah, all their friends. All their friends. It was our church family. It was my job. And in 20 minutes, it was done. Yeah, and and you can go through the list. Job eliminated, just like David, absolutely. Family on the rocks. Oh, and right? then and then a rumor was spread throughout the community that I was the one who had the inappropriate relationships with the minor. Yeah, of course. And so, um, I mean, we it was. And here's the crazy thing: uh, if you're listening, I still live in the same community, and so um, everything's been. There's been redemptive stories and tons of God redemptive stories. And forgiveness extended on multiple levels to multiple things because that's who God tells us we need to be and become. Um, but I understand this idea of everything being lost. And here was the most important thing that respond, that, that hurt me um, was I had done nothing wrong. And so I'm questioning God. I'm questioning those around me who say they care for me, like like David did, right, his, his, his mighty men. Those who walked the battles with me before and we've had victories now are the ones who are throwing arrows at me. And I'm sitting there and I read a book during this time. And if you're in this position, man, where you're, where if you're in this position where crap is coming at you from all sides, um, there's a book that I read called the tale of three Kings by a guy named Gene Edwards. 
uh, that really, <laughs> which she bought for me and gave to me when I was going through my similar trial. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's a, it's a play and it's a good book. It's about David and Absalom and Solomon and, uh, or Saul. And, uh, it's a, it's a good book, but in it, he says one thing that I thought was really, really paramount in it. He said, when all the arrows are coming at you, physical arrows, verbal arrows, all that, what did David do? He sought the Lord and he sat in silence. He didn't defend himself. He didn't fight back. And what I've realized is when, when we lose everything, when all is lost, quote unquote, all is not lost. What is not lost is our ability to petition the Lord, not on everybody else's behalf, but on our behalf. Whoa, whoa, you're skipping ahead in the story. We're Sorry not about there that. yet. Sorry about that. Sorry so, about that. So again, I was looking up words. Are you ready for this? Because uh, the end of verse six says, but David found strength in the Lord his God. Hmm. And to find strength in God in that moment. Are you ready for the visual? I am, I am. It means to grab that rope that God, that was wound about you, right? That, that you couldn't overcome. It was wound so tight. It means to grab that rope and to tie yourself to Jesus. Yeah. It's easier said than done, especially when we go through every guy who, when they lose something, the first person they do is don't tie yourself to Jesus. What you do is you tie yourself and you blame Jesus. Yeah. And I did that. I, I blamed God for what was going on. If you really cared, God, if you if you understood, if, if you say you're true to your word, then why did this happen to me? Are you ready for this? Yeah. The longer David would have waited, the further his family, his future, his destiny was getting away from him. Isn't that crazy to think about? Well, it, oh, it, I still get goosebumps thinking about it now from studying this, I realized I spent all that time saying, God, why me? Hmm. Did I not hear you right? Why did, why did I get sent home? Right. My family that I've given so much, my inner circle that I've given so much that's doubting me now, right? Everybody's doubting. You talked about it that are doubting me. If while you're dealing with that, the enemy is carrying it further away. Yeah. Yeah. And so the Amalekites, they had his family, they had all his property, they had all his value. It was getting further away. And so David does what, what I want to encourage you all to do today. And, and I get it. Sometimes you have to sit down on the ground and mourn. And if you read first Samuel 30, you'll see David was there with his mm. men. They got on the ground and they mourned. but it says in verse seven, this is what I want to strengthen you with today. Then David said to Abathar, the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring me the effort. It is time to effing. Oh, no. I thought that's what you said, dude. Bring me the effort. <laughs> Abathar brought it to him and David inquired of the Lord. Is it time to pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? And God answers and says, pursue them. You will certainly overtake them and you will succeed in the rescue. Hmm. And I just, I want to talk to you guys. So Andy, I mean, has, has peeled some off today and really been naked about this, this experience in his, in his life. And, and I need to go there still. Mine's still a little raw, right? But these moments in life where it feels like you've lost everything and everyone that was cheering you is now jeering you. Well, and it doesn't have to be job. It doesn't have to be career. It doesn't have to be anything like that. It could be the simple thing where you made a mistake and you blew it in front of your family. You blew it in front of your wife. You blew it as a whole. 
And our initial response is, I can't get it back. But what the scripture says and reminds you guys, and maybe that's you to, to listen and maybe you blew it. Maybe you did something. Maybe you said something. Maybe you didn't do something that you should have, whatever it may be. And you, and you blew it. And now there's a divide between you and the ones that you care for. And our natural tendency and the enemy's tendency is to say, keep that divide and let's just be there. Yeah. Turtle it, right? Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to step out again. I messed up last time. I'll mess up this time. Yeah. And to sit there in our shame. But what this passage reminds us of is God saying the areas where you blew it, the areas where you lost, all is not lost if you pursue, right? And so listen, guys, you may have an issue with your spouse right now. You may have an issue with your children right now. You may have an issue with a friend, family, whatever it may be, where you think this relationship is unredeemable because of what you've done or what has been lost. I'm going to encourage you, the simplest, to put this scripture into practice it is not lost. Pursue them. You will certainly succeed Amen. in the rescue of whatever that may be. If you've been, I, I, well, there was a guy I was talking to today. He's in trouble with his spouse. And what does he want to do? He wants to say, screw you. You go your way. I go my way. My counsel to him and my counsel to you guys is this. Pursue and you will succeed in the rescue. That's what it means to be a man of God is that we pursue in the midst of adversity. We pursue in the midst of our hurt. We pursue in the midst when we don't feel value or all is taken from us. We pursue. And uh, I, I, I think where we pursue, there is victory. Amen. So what does it mean? Hey, one, one, one quick question, because you talked this whole idea about knots and being tied up in knots, distressed. Um, how do we become tied up in God? Because that's something I think I can be tied up in distress, anxiety, s- struggle, but how do I become tied up in God? Help, help me understand that a little bit. Well, and I think that's the pursuit, right? That's where you get up and you go, God, and, and you can actually have a conversation with God like this. I have done it many times. God, I just messed up. Do you still call me son? Hmm. Are you still for me? My journal is full of those questions. Do you still love me? Do you still value me? And so it's those moments, and we talked a little bit about it last week, where we self-evaluate. And and I like this because David's biggest crisis in life did not come when he met a giant Hmm. because he knew who he was. But when the enemy attacked, and we talked about it, for every truth, there's an equal lie last week, right? We talked about that. So where the enemy was able to attack his family, he sat on the ground and wept. The enemy figured out how to get him, and he got him where there was a wound, right? Yeah. Where it had already started. And so when we come to God and we say, God, I am tied up to this issue. I am tied up to this problem. I'm tied up to this false identity, this false self that I've tried to create, this false appearance that I've shown the outside world. And all it's done is tied me up inside. God, I need you to untie that. Mm. And I need to tell you right now, your way, God, not mine. Yeah, I'm in a moment of desperation, God, where I'm saying, can, can this even be overcome? Good. Can, can my marriage be reconciled? And the answer is yes, it can. The answer is yes, it can. I got a buddy. Well, you got to ask that question. You do. I have a buddy who's been um, in distress with his wife for two years, 21 months. They've been in trouble. 
and he has pursued continually. And so is she, she's pursued the things of God. He's pursuing the things of God. He's pursuing the things to make himself better whole. And just this last week, they, they met again and said, can this be redeemed? And the answer is yes. It doesn't mean it's restored completely or the way it was, but it can be redeemed into something new. And, and some of you guys, you might have broken relationships and you're looking for restoration. Let me tell you what restoration to what it was, wasn't working redeeming it to what God wants to have it become will be victorious. Yeah. And when you get humble and say, God, I don't have the, I don't have the solution. This is impossible by me, but God. Yeah. Yeah. The the crazy thing is David didn't get restored here. He got redeemed here. Mm. His identity became redeemed. His victory became redeemed. And, 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 and from this point on, if you look at this rest of scripture, it, it even became more powerful. Yeah, different trajectory. And guys, this is this is my ask of you this week. Read First Samuel 30. The Bible is full of amazing adventure stories. This is one of them. He is going to run down the Amalekites with 400 guys and take thousands of lives in a 24-hour period. So many that it says a a slim number got away, and it calls them 400 guys escaped on camels. Right. And with a force of 400, he had killed thousands, and he is going to bring back a plunder, right? A new identity that was so big, not only did it restore everything, not only did it pay the bills for years to come, but it gave what looked like a generation that was being stolen that day became generational wealth. He is going to deliver plunder to 14 different cities that have helped and provided for him. And you, you just said something. Let me, I, just want, I, don't, I want to close this up with what you just said. This is important. What you think is going to be restored, submitting it to God will be tenfold. Yeah. That's a huge deal, man. That's a huge deal. God is not in the business of just returning. He's in their business of replenishing and, and making it better. He, God doesn't, any relationships, God is not looking for him to be restored. He's looking for him to be better, different, redeemed. Redeemed means unto him. Restored means unto you. And, 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 and I think that that's an important thing when we learn from David is that when he pursued what God had called him to do, God responded with incredible blessing in abundance. When we don't pursue what God calls us to do, we do not get the abundance. Men, it's getting further away. It's yeah. time to pursue. Man, this is a tough concept. This is a tough concept. Hey, I think what you said in the beginning, JB, is this. Men need to hear. You may have screwed up. You may be distant. You may not have been the man you wanted to be, the man your wife wanted you to be, the man your children needed you to be, the man your church needed you to be, the man your family needs you to be, the man your employer needs you to be. Let me tell you this, and, and JB said it from the beginning, all is not lost. That's good. That's good. That's good. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. God is moving through this podcast. And so we just ask that you join the conversation. Look us up on Facebook and all the all the social media. You can check us out at our website at First Adam. That's one stadam.com. Check us out on social media. Share us with your friends. That's how people find out about us. It's you out there saying, you know what? Something they said touched me. It can touch you. Be that witness for that group today. 
That's right. And, uh, yeah, share us, man. That's a good thing. And also, hey, on our website, there's a comment section. If you want to send in some show ideas or you want to be a part of the show, we are always welcoming and want to be bring a part, uh, bring relevant content and relevant thoughts to us as men, because as it said in the beginning, it is not good for For men to be alone. All right, man. Thanks for sharing your story today, Andy. Well, I think it's a great topic. All is not lost, but what will be lost is this podcast right now.